0: Welcome to Kikori Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. I'd like us to open to the book of Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah chapter 1. I will read from verse 1 to 17. Zechariah chapter 1 from verse 1 to 17. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. The Lord was very angry with your forefathers. Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Do not be like your forefathers to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices, but they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Where are your forefathers now and the prophets? Do they live forever? But did not my words and my decrees, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your fathers? Then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve, just as he determined to do. On the twenty-fourth day of the eleventh month, the month of Shebat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. During the night, I had a vision, and there before me was a man riding a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in the raven. Behind him were red, brown, and white horses. I asked, what are these, my lord? The angel who was talking with me answered, I will show you what they are. Then the man standing among the matthew trees explained. They are the ones the Lord has sent to go throughout the earth. And they reported to the angel of the Lord who was standing among the matthew trees. We have gone throughout the earth and found the whole world at rest and in peace. Then the angel of the Lord said, Lord Almighty, how long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem? I'm from the towns of Judah, which you have been angry with these 70 years. So the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel who was speaking to me said, Proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Jerusalem and Zion, but I am very angry with the nations that feel secure. I was only a little angry, but they added to the calamity. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I will return to Jerusalem with mercy, and there my house will be rebuilt, and the measuring line will be stretched out over Jerusalem, declares the Lord Almighty. Proclaim further, this is what the Lord Almighty says, my towns will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem. Let us pray together. Thank you, Lord of heaven and earth. Thank you for the power in your word. Thank you, Lord, for the entrance of your word gives light. And it gives understanding to the simple. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will illuminate us as we hear your word this morning. That you will grant us revelation and understanding of your word. That you will speak to every one of us and interpret it to us the way we need to hear it. In the name of Jesus Christ. All Jesus, we pray that the power of your presence will be revealed in this place in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Do that which only you can do in our lives and in our midst and let the glory go to you. Thank you, eternal Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. This morning, our topic is understanding prophetic visions. Understanding prophetic visions. And um, the test for emphasis... It's going to be from verse 7 to verse 17 of the passage that I have, I have just read. The Lord this year is taking us through the book of Zechariah. Because he's always speaking to us as his people. He's always sending messages to us. And I believe that since the beginning of this year, the Lord has been speaking to you from the book of Zechariah. So this morning, especially, particularly verse um, chapter 1. This morning we trust the Lord through the power of his Holy Spirit to speak to us again. And I pray that by himself, he will interpret his words to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's look at briefly what the book of Zechariah is all about. The book of Zechariah is a prophetic book or a pastoral book. If you look at it from the New Testament perspective, the book of Zechariah talked about the purity of the temple worshippers. The need for the worshippers in the temple to be purified. And that is, if you look at it from the New Testament perspective, we're talking about The doctrine of holiness or a call to holiness. The book of Zechariah is a book that shows that God is at work calling men to repentance. The book of Zechariah emphasizes the need for the purification of the priesthood. And today we can say it's talking about the need for the ministers of God. Those who bear the things of God to be clean. According to Isaiah 52 verse 11b says, Be ye clean that bear The vessels of the Lord. The book of Zechariah emphasizes the need for the purification of the church life and relationships. And I believe that as a church, the Lord is sending us to this book so that in order for us to receive supernatural power, we can do what is necessary for us to get the power that He has promised to release unto us. The book of Zechariah talks about the fulfillment of the purpose of Christ and the world. Which is that his kingdom will come and his will be done on earth. The book of Zechariah emphasizes the fact that God is still in the midst of his people and is at work amongst the people. And in the book of Zechariah, we see rebuke, prophetic rebuke, correction and restoration of the priesthood. However, this morning, our focus is going to be from verse 7 to verse 17, which is understanding prophetic visions. What is, or what are prophetic visions? What are prophetic visions? Prophetic visions or revelations are messages received from God which demand further clarifications and interpretations. Because God still speaks to his people, he sends prophetic visions, he sends his, his messages to us. And when they come, they may, they may need further clarifications and interpretations. So in other words, it requires in-depth understanding and careful application. Because God is spirit and we are humans. And as long as we are, we are, we are man, we can only understand in parts. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9 says, we know in parts and we understand in parts. The book of Zechariah is a book of prophecies. Zechariah was a priest and he was also a prophet. In the Old Testament, not all prophets served as priests. And not all priests served as prophets. So, particularly this man, Zechariah, served in the office of a priest and also a prophet. And if we bring this to the understanding of the Baptist denomination and the ministries of pastors in the Baptist church we know that we believe that every pastor in the Baptist church carries the grace of the fivefold ministry that we see in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 it talks about being apostles or prophets or evangelists or pastors or teachers however the pastor may operate in one in one of these ministries more than the other but the pastor can also minister in either, cons- um, depending on the circumstance and the move of God in the midst of his people. And so whenever or wherever the Baptist pastor is given the opportunity to minister, as he interprets the Bible, he can operate in all of these dimensions as the needs arise and the occasion demands. I need to stress this because because we are Baptists, many times we, we, we think that the Baptist pastor is more of an administrator and a preacher. And so the other opportunities that we have to benefit from the gift of God and the lives of the pastor, we miss out on it. And many times because as Baptists actually, we try to shy away from Letting people see us as manipulative or controlling. And so when God is speaking to us, we are careful to make it, um, to make it open that there is, there is or there are specific messages coming through God to His people. So the challenge for us as members of Ecoe Baptist Church this morning is that the way you receive your pastor will determine the benefits that you get from them. If you see your pastor as just a pastor who is to preach, you will receive the benefit of the pastor who preaches to you. If you see him as only a teacher, you will receive the benefit of just a teacher. If you see him as only an evangelist, you will receive the benefit of an evangelist. If you see him as your friend, that is how you are going to relate with him, and that is all you are going to get. And so if I look at Reverend Noyebub and say he's only a teacher, and I don't see the prophetic nature of God in him. I mean, power of God in him. That as he, as he operates in the ministry, in the fivefold ministry, he can also be a prophet. God can use him or send him to be my prophet. I'm not going to benefit. This morning while we were praying, God sent a specific message from one of, through one of us as he had God. And so that is operating, receiving revelation, direct revelation from God. And so each one of us, when we get, Or come into the presence of God, let us be open. Let us be open to God and what He has to do or say. So the question is: how do you see your pastor? What grace do you acknowledge in the life or lives of your pastors? I pray that the Lord Almighty, who has sent them into our midst, will help us to benefit from them or through them in the name of Jesus Christ. Properties of prophetic visions. Properties of pro- prophetic visions. Number one, prophetic visions come through God's anointed ones. Prophetic visions come through God's anointed ones. Such person may occupy a formal office as pastors. Or they can be regular church members in God's fold. So the pastor can occupy the position of a prophet. And members who God has given that grace to be, to be, to operate in that office can also minister. In our denomination, we believe in the priesthood of every believer. In other words, God speaks supernaturally through anybody. God's spirit, supernatural power can manifest through anybody. And that is why everyone who ministers and serves should aspire to carry supernatural power to be able to minister. I believe the Lord is speaking to us strongly in this church, that as members of Ikoyi Baptist Church, we begin to see ourselves as ministers, as people who God wants to point supernatural power upon, so that whenever we have the opportunity to minister, or to serve, we actually minister, or we are actually ministering. So, if you are welcoming members into the church, you are a minister. If you are, if you are, if you are distributing bulletin or collecting offerings, you are a minister. If you are singing in the choir, you are a minister. If you are singing in the citadel of praise or playing any of the instruments, you are a minister. If you are teaching Sunday school, you are a minister. Whatever you are doing, collecting offerings, you are a minister. So everything you do in the church is a ministry because you are meeting a particular need. And so when you come, you must come prepared. You must come expecting to be a blessing to people. And so as we've come this morning, I'm sure each one of us needs God's touch, one way or the other. And so if I've operated in my office as a minister, God would use me to bless somebody this morning. And so we don't want to come to church and go back the same way. We want the Lord to help us to be able to minister to people. And that is why when we come to church, we must be open to the Lord and we must prepare ourselves So that God will will use us. And that is why we shouldn't come anyhow. We shouldn't come anyhow. We shouldn't come to display ourselves. We should come to glorify the name of the Lord. And be a blessing to the people of God. God's supernatural power can manifest through anybody. So as an all Sunday school teacher, children worker. Each one of us must recognize that the church is a spiritual or supernatural organization and organism. We said that yesterday. It is the manifestation of the supernatural power that differentiates the church from social clubs and any other human gatherings. It is that it is that supernatural power that differentiates us. You know, if you go to meetings, actually in the national, I don't know whether, they, I think they pray at the national assembly. They pray, isn't it? A Christian will pray, a Muslim will pray. Because they recognize the presence of God. But is that, a, would that, is, that, is that a gathering like the church? It's not a church. So, the supernatural power of God is actually what differentiates the church from other gatherings. So, whenever you enter the church, you are entering into a spiritual arena. Anywhere you encounter God is a spiritual arena. And our attitude and mentality in church must change. We must all manifest genuine spirituality. Number two, the second property of prophetic vision. Prophetic visions have specific days, date, and time. And these are determined by God. Verse 7 says, On the twenty-fourth day of the eleventh month, the month of Shebat, in the second year of Darius. So prophetic visions have specific days date, and time that are determined by God. God, prophetic visions are God's self-disclosure. That is revelation. And man cannot do anything to make it happen. The best thing you can do is to always get yourself ready for God's manifestation. So no man can predict when God will come. And that is why we must be conscious of the supernatural wherever we we are. You know, we are talking so much about supernatural, and we'll be talking so much about the supernatural this year because this is our year of what? Supernatural power. So we want to see the supernatural. So if God has ever spoken with you, you will know that the time, you will know the place, you will know the circumstance. Any one of us that has received the revelation from God, you can always pinpoint the circumstance, the time, and the place when he spoke to you. In verse 7, God is such that he will wait for you until you are able to recognize that he is the one speaking to you. For some of you that are hearing me this morning, you know that he's already talking to you or he's been talking to you. But many times as human beings, we do not want to pay attention to God when he's speaking to us. So this morning, God is telling you, that's what I told you a few years ago. Have you done it? Have you believed it? Are you holding to it? Are you remembering it? Do you take note of it or are you taking note of it? God wants us to acknowledge that he's speaking. Some of us here, God has spoken to you years ago to take up an assignment. And you are still waiting for your own time. You feel that I'm not ready. In fact, some of you have tasted his divine power. You have seen him at work so much in your in your lives. But you are still waiting, you are still procrastinating. This morning, God is telling you, that which I told you, repent. Don't be beclouded with doubts and fears. Don't allow fame and desire for prosperity to deny you the manifestation of God. Or for you not to want to obey God. Many times we think, I have to achieve this until everything is in place. Until I'm able to get here, that is when I'm going to allow God to have his way in my life. Some of us, it is peer pressure. It is personal ambition. God is asking us this morning that that which he has spoken to you, you need to do it. And some of us, like I said earlier, he has spoken to you. He gave you a word. He gave you a vision. He gave you a revelation. And the vision is for an appointed time. That vision that he gave you, promising you or encouraging you, I want you to hold on to it. I want you to rekindle your faith in God this morning, trusting that what he said, he will do it. And I pray there shall be manifestations in your lives in Jesus' name. Number three property of prophetic visions is that prophetic visions come within time, yet they outlive time. Every prophetic vision and message comes within time. Most especially because the messenger has his or a time lag and no one lives forever. You know, Elijah had a, a, a message from God. Daniel saw the vision. Isaiah received the message from God. All of these people today, they are no longer alive. But do you know their messages are still relevant? So, prophetic visions... They are within time, yet they outlive time. What this means is that it is a big sin to procrastinate either in responding to God or in obeying his command. One at a time the Lord was speaking to his prophets, if they didn't take notes, they would have missed out. And today we wouldn't have been, been able to benefit from all of this vision. Maybe some of us, when God speaks to us, you wake up in the morning and you know that God actually spoke to you. But you didn't, because you didn't take notes. Or you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You allowed it to go. And sometimes you see some things happening as though they had happened before. You had seen it before. God, is, God, God wants us to pay attention. Because the messages he's giving you. Actually maybe for your children. Maybe for the future. And so there is the need for us to pay attention when the Lord is speaking to us. We must be serious with our relationship with God. So that as He it sends His words to us, as He it sends His revelations to us, we are able to know and understand that this is God speaking to me. And I always encourage people to keep a note, keep, keep, keep a note close to you. If you are, if you are one of those that you believe that God speaks to you, and if you are expectant, God will always speak to you. God will always speak to you. So keep a note so that as you wake up and you pray, and many, and when you wake up and pray, and that's why it is good for us to have a consistent devotional life. To have a consistent devotional life. If you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is to go before the Lord, you will remember everything he has given you or he has shown you. And you are able to write it down. It may not make sense at the time. But over time, when you go back, it will begin to make make sense. So, we must understand that God speaks to us within time. Number four, prophetic visions are filled with imagery. Prophetic visions are filled with imagery. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Talks about the fact that in the past... God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, verse 2. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed here of all things and through whom he made the universe. God is still speaking supernaturally. He has spoken in the past and is still speaking. Every message must be interpreted in line with the redemptive plan of God. So whatever you see as a child of God living in the New Testament era, you must understand that every every message you receive must be interpreted in line with the redemptive plan of God. So as ministers, we are redemptive workers. We are bringing the message of redemption. But there cannot be redemption until there is repentance. There cannot be redemption until there is repentance. God speaks through symbols. He speaks through signs. He speaks through imagery. But all, all must be carefully interpreted within the New Testament teaching of God's redemptive love. At this point, there's the need to warn us to be careful of extra biblical revelations and interpretations and demonic visions and anointing that are so prevalent in our time. You know, as human beings, we love someone who can give us prophecy and tell us things about ourselves, things that have happened, things that are about to happen. But Matthew 24 verse 24 says that if we are not careful, even the elect will be deceived. And that is why you need supernatural power and the grace of discernment to know. For Some will patronize prophets. Some of us have prophets. What we go to? From time to time. Because these prophets carry crowd. They have a crowd. They have a name. They manifest signs and wonders. You know, I've met or I've seen a, a, a prophet. Who will give name, your surname, your father's name, and your bank account, and your bank balance. I don't know what he wants to do with that. So we have to be very careful of who we go to. What they tell us. The imagery they use that they have seen. As children of God, we must be careful. And I'm sure many of us actually see a lot now. But you know, if you are a child of God, and you, if you have discernment, you will know whether it is right or wrong. The Lord will help us and open our understanding in Jesus' name. The fact that someone is speaking in tongues does not mean that it is genuine. So the question is, where do you go? Where are the other places that you go to? Are we saying we shouldn't fellowship with other other believers? No. But we need to be careful of who we go to of the other believers that we 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 interact with, of the other churches that we go to. Many times, because of the issues we face, we want to hear God. We want to receive solution. And so we are running from one place to the other. We want to listen, we want to hear. Or you know, sometimes they tell you the problem, but they don't give you the solution. They tell you this is your enemy. These are your enemies. These are the people responsible for your problems. And I'm asking, is it enough for you to tell me my problem? And you have not seen the solution. So actually, instead of making things better, they do what? They make it worse. Because those people that you are supposed to get help from, they have told you that they are your enemies. So you are running away from them. I pray the Lord will grant us discernment. And will help us to be able to understand when he's speaking to us in jesus name and that is why every one of us we need to be open to the holy spirit number five prophetic visions demand serious interactions and intimacy with god serious interactions and intimacy with god they are a byproduct of genuine intimacy with god you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. I said that before. God can speak to every one of us. As Baptists, we believe in the priesthood of every believer. God can speak to you. Instead of running from one place to the other, you can seek God and hear God. But you will not seek God. You will not. If you do not seek God, you will not hear God. If you do not take time to, to, to listen to God, you will not hear God. When you are expectant, God will speak. That I've come to know that if you, are, if you are expecting God to speak, he will always speak. And that is why you must keep your Bible close to you and keep a notebook and a pen. So that you can, you can, and as you grow in your relationship with God, it becomes very easy for you to understand when he speaks to you. The imagery in the book of Zechariah chapter 1 from verse 7. Let's quickly go to this imagery. We see a man from verse eight. From verse eight, Zechariah the Bible, he says, "During the night, I had a vision, and there before me was a man. A man. A man can mean angels. Angels may come in the image of a man. You know, um, Abraham, Joshua. They didn't know until later that those that came like men." We're actually angels. And at times, God can bring the image of your pastor to defend you in your dreams, trance, or vision. But it depends on the level of your relationship with them. He can bring the image of somebody that has some spiritual advancement over you in your dream. So that depends on your relationship. In our text, this man symbolizes a messenger of God. We also see horse. We see horse. What is the meaning of horse? Historically or symbolically, the horse can be a symbol of warfare, honor, wealth, depending on many other variables and symbols in the vision. What is the meaning of the, what is, what are the implications or what is the implication of the colors of these horses? The colors further shed more light on the mission and the interpretation. However, some biblical scholars said we shouldn't pay attention, we shouldn't pay much attention to the colors of these horses. But historically, they carry meanings. And in the redemptive plans of God, they also carry meaning. You know, if you look at the book of Revelation chapter 6, it talks about horses and the colors. Now, the colors of the horses, we find color red, you know we find color brown and we we saw that there were two red horses and naturally naturally red symbolizes danger evil bloodshed but in this revelation there were two red horses and i believe that just like we had the blood of jesus speaking better better things and the blood of abel seeking for vengeance so in the redemptive plan of God, red symbolizes the atoning blood of Jesus, the victorious death and life of Jesus. And in this particular passage, the interest is that there were two red horses. And my own personal interpretation is that one red horse is speaking about the evil, the danger that fills the, that fills the earth. While the second horse is speaking about God's mercy, God's plan for redemption, the sacrificial death of Jesus. And his atoning blood. I'm taking this position because Zechariah chapter one, verse sixteen, further talks about God returning, returning to forgive his people, to receive them again. And so God is speaking to us this morning because we believe that He has sent this book to us this year as a church. And I can see a connection, actually. I can see a connection with what God is saying to us in the, in these few days. But God is telling us that He's ready to forgive, but we must ready, we must be ready to submit to Him and repent. Then there is, there is an, there is a brown horse. Symbolically, color brown in this vision stands for filthiness, famine, hunger, poverty. It symbolizes divine judgments and punishments. So the fact that this horse carried and you all symbolizes strength. So we are seeing the strength of the punishment and judgment of God. And Reverend Oyeni told us this morning that God said we should chase out the dog. Anything that is filthy. So I see a connection. God is talking to us as a church. Divine judgment and punishment overtakes men in speed. So there is the need for urgent repentance. Maybe God is speaking to somebody this morning that whatever we are going through that are not or whatever we are doing that is not in line with his will and his way, we must repent. Then there is this white horse. White symbolizes justice, holiness, righteousness. When God's mercy is withheld. There's bloodshed. The white horse symbolizes the fact that God still has remnants among them. God still has people that He is ready to save. God's mind and expectation is that the people should repent. So, when we repent, we are going to have a lot of blessings, as we find in the book of in, in, in verses 16. And I would like us to go through verses 16 and 17 as we conclude this message. It says, therefore, this is what the Lord says, I will return to Jerusalem. With what? With mercy. And there my house will be rebuilt. And the measuring line, which means restoration, it stands for restoration, will be stretched out over Jerusalem, declares the Lord. Lord. He says, proclaim further. This is what the Lord Almighty says. My towns will again overflow with what? Prosperity. And the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem. And so as we trust the Lord for His work to be, to manifest in our lives this year. And as we come to repentance, believing that God is speaking to us as a church and as a people. And as we walk in holiness and righteousness. And as we open ourselves up. To God to fill us and to use us and to do supernatural things in our lives. God is saying he will rebuild our town. He will remove stagnation. He will fight for us. He will bring restoration. He will prosper us. He said he will be jealous on our behalf. So he's going to stand in the gap for us and show that he's jealous. I pray that the Lord will help us so that what he has proposed to do in this church and in our lives, we will all connect to it. I believe God is going to work mightily and every one of us, all of us, every one of us, he wants to do something supernatural in our lives. And I pray that as he speaks to you, you will be, you will be open enough to receive from him and you will be part of those that God will use to build this church in a new way this year and this season in Jesus' name. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at seven Latif Jakande Road in Ikowi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 016320485 Zero one six three two zero four eight six. For more information, please visit the church website at w. Icoe Baptist